Father, we thank you for your grace, your mercy. Lord, we yes. thank you for another great day here in Devo Land. Lord, we just thank you for speaking to us through your scriptures today. Yes. And, uh, and Lord, even as we're listening and as we're talking, Father, bring to light just new things. God, bring yes. some revelation today, Father. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All we need is love. That's a good song. What? Am I starting? Yeah. Good morning, Savannah. Tim said, so Kim must be cold nature and Chris must be, be hot nature. He is actually always warm. Like, Gee, I'm always freezing. So My fingertips I think are that like, is ice, like um, ice cubes, man. Yeah, like the low iron or something. Um, I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. Hey, so we're going to spend some time talking about uh, the four-letter word. Uh, love. 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 L-O-V-E. Love. Yes. Yes. And um, and really just kind of stretching us a little bit to consider some things uh, when it comes to love. You know, the, the hallmark of a disciple, we, we've kind of talked about this before, uh, where Jesus said the hallmark of a disciple is this, that, that how we love one another, right? Yeah. It's how we love one another. He says... He says, how you love one another will be how the world determines that you follow me. Or they'll know that you're my followers by how you love one another. Yeah. And I think that, you know, what we struggle with is we struggle with the expression of love. How, how do we love? What does loving one another look like? And it yeah. doesn't necessarily look like what we think it looks like, right? Because at the heart of love is this concept of, of self-sacrifice. Mm -hmm. That is the heart of love. Love says... I'm going to sacrifice myself. And uh, and so if you go over to 1 John 4, we'll start there and then uh, we'll go over to 1 Corinthians. But 1 John 4, it goes on and it says, um, <clears throat> it says uh, verse 7, 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Yeah. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. That's an incredibly important point there. It says anybody who uh, loves... Uh, as a child of God, but but more importantly, they know God. So knowing God uh, produces love in our life. Verse 8 says, but anyone who does not love does not know God. Isn't it interesting that it says anyone who does not love does not know God. It does not say anyone who does not love is not a child of God. Right, it says you get kicked out of the family. Yeah, no. you get kicked out of the family for being bad. No, it says no. anyone who does not love does not know God because right. the heart of God is love. And yeah. you can tell someone who's been hanging out with God because you see love flowing through them, yeah. right? And that, and by the way, man, that can vary on the day. Yeah, that's <laughs> that true. That can vary on the day. That's true. So anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Verse 9 says, God showed us, or showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we may have eternal life through him. This is real love. Listen, not that we loved, but that he loved us, and he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So, <clears throat> verse 9. God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son. Go down to verse 10. As a sacrifice to take away sins. Love is self-sacrificial. In verse 11 it says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we ought to, we surely ought to love 
each other. Now, think about that. How much did God love us? He loved us enough yeah. to sacrifice his son, to release. And we've talked about this before. God's not a bloodthirsty, blood-hungry, human-sacrificial God. Right. But when it talks about sacrificing his son, it, it literally means releasing his son into the world. And so right. God released his son knowing that the releasing of his son into humanity's hands would, would be death. So God loved us so much that he released his son into the world as a sacrifice for our sins, right? Our sins are what nailed him to the cross, yeah. beat him, mocked him, spit on him, cursed him. And yet it says, and yet this is how we ought to love each other. Dear friends, since God loved us this much, we surely ought to love each other. Now, I'm, I must be honest with you, if I could, um, I, I can do this very well for people I love, right? And, and Paul even talks about that. What yeah. credit do you get? For loving the lovable, there's no real credit to get you get from loving the lovable. Anybody can love those who reciprocate love back, yep. but what about loving those who just aren't going to give you the time of day? What about loving those who are out to end your life, destroy your life? That's where that thing begins to to put some strain and stress on me, right? And and mm -hmm. and I can't in and of myself make myself love someone more. And I want you to understand that. Yeah, that's you, true. You can't in and of yourself make yourself love someone else more. I, you, you can't go, I need to love more. I need to love more. I need to love more. And love doesn't come from you doing self-talk. Love doesn't right. come from your self-talk of saying to yourself, I need to love more. I need to love. That's not how love comes. Love comes from knowing God. He just said, if you love, it's because you're a child of God and you know yeah. God. Yeah. And if you don't love, it's because you don't know God. Right. And, and so that's the connection piece there. And so getting to, to a place where we're loving others the way God loves us has has to come back to us having an intimate understanding and knowledge of the one who loved us. What right. does it look like? What did it look like for him to love us is going to unlock what it looks like for us to love others like him. And I think for me, just jumping on real quick, is that journey really, <clears throat> really went deeper for <clears throat> me and really developed depth of understanding what that love looked like when I studied out the life of Jesus and I studied the life he lived walking with the disciples I was able to see that love reflected in in from God through Jesus to these these men and women who are walking with him and doing life with him day and out day in and day out really helped me understand as from like the human perspective of like man Jesus loved you know, he fulfilled all of the love that we're going to go to that's in First uh, Corinthians. Um, he did all of that while walking <clears throat> with the disciples. And these weren't just like easy. They were just like us. Like they weren't perfect. They didn't have it all figured out. They didn't, you know, know all the right things. They were, some of them were fishermen. And, you know, all of these things that were just average jobs, I guess you would say, like today. And it's like they got to know Right. The heart of God through walking with Jesus. And that's kind of what I'm getting to. Is that's how we get to know the heart of God is walking with Jesus right. and well, learning his. That's the next the next verse in verse 12. It says no one. Ahead, no, 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 it's good. No, no, it says no one has ever seen God. Now, this is important because he says no one has ever seen God. And the follow up is, but, but if we, but if we love each other, God lives or God uh, lives in us. And his love has brought the full expression in us. And it says, so though no one has seen God, if we're loving, 
right? If we're walking in love, then people are seeing God every single day. Yeah. Like I see God in Kim and I see God in Chris and I see God in Stephanie and right. Clara and Becky and Linwood. And all. I see God in all these people. Right. If we're walking in love, then the unseen, unseen God becomes seen. Yes. And yes. That's how, that's, <clears throat> that's the like, I guess the thing is like going back to that is if we're walking in love, the, I guess it's like the billboard almost in our yeah, lives yeah. versus sounding the yeah. sounding the alarm and being allowed. I don't know. I could go so many different directions with that, but it's like the love is our billboard that points to God. Right. Go go down a little bit further in verse sixteen. It says, "And we know how much God loves us, um, and we have put our trust in Him." And then it goes on. It says, "And God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God is and God lives in them." And it goes on and says, and we live in God and our love, and as we live in God, our good. love grows more perfect. Stop right there. Yeah. As we live in God, our love grows more perfect. The more we spend time with God, the yeah. more, um, the more the love of God uh, grows perfect in our life, the more it, 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 uh, it spills over. Yeah. And, and not only that, not only towards others, not only how we love others, but it gives us confidence with God. Mm -hmm. The more we know God, the more comfortable we get with God, right? And, and, and there's this concept of like, oh, you have to have this holy fear and this holy reverence of God. You have to fear the Lord. And I think, man, we take that whole concept and we get it so backwards. Yes, God is bigger than anything in this entire universe. And if there's anyone to fear, that would be the one to fear. Jesus said that to his disciples. He said, don't worry about those who can take your life. But but here he said, don't fear those who can take life. If you're going to fear anybody, fear the one that can destroy your life, your body and your soul. Mm -hmm. But then he goes on and says, but just so you understand, you don't have to fear him because he's the one who takes care of the sparrows. And if he takes care of the sparrows, right. how much more does he take care of you, a child, his right. child? Right. And so the comparison wasn't to fear God. Right. It was saying, if there's anyone that you could fear, it would be God. But you don't even need to fear him because right. of he's, he's so madly in love with you. And look, this gets misinterpreted look. because there's cherry picks. There's yeah, a oh, pick yeah, of that yeah. scripture yeah, well, and then you don't read it in fullness. In context, right. In context. And so he says in verse 17, and as we live in God, our, our love grows more perfect. And so we will not look what it says and so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment but we can face him with confidence because we live like jesus here in this world in other words we love because we understand and we allow ourselves to be loved that's what yeah. it looks like to live like jesus on earth it's not about not sinning it's not about not sinning enough or, or doing enough good things how Jesus lived on this earth was he loved others as the as he as he received the love of the Father. His mission was let me get loved on by Dad, and then I'm gonna love others like my Dad loves me. And yeah. that is what it looks like to live like Jesus in this world. And it says, and it says and again, uh, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment because we because uh, when we face him, uh, I'm sorry, let me go back. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Look what it says in verse 18 to follow up. It says, such love has no fear. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. Yes. All fear. But you got to fear God. No, no, I don't fear God because I know how perfectly loved I am by God. And when I understand how perfectly loved I am by God, I have nothing to fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows 
that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Mm. Do you you can just hunker down on that yeah. verse right there. Yeah. Is that if I have a fearful mindset of coming before God, it is because I am I have not, I do not have a concept of had how madly in love with me God is. Right. That is the that is the that is the heartbeat of the gospel. It is not turn or burn or repent from all your wickedness. Guys, man, we know we're wicked. It don't take much to figure that out. What the heart of the gospel is, is God loves you even yeah. though you've been wicked. Yeah. yeah. That God loves you. You've been wicked. You, you might be wicked. You're going to do wicked things in the future. And yet yeah. God still is absolutely madly in love with you. And it's this, this love that he has for us that changes our life. No one, it's the love. Listen, Fear, yeah. if the fear might change behavior for a short period of time, it's right? It's behavior modification, right? Fear changes behavior for but a moment, yeah. but it doesn't solve the problem. We watched Israel over and over again in the Old Testament repeat this cycle. Yes. There's a moment, man, where judgment comes and they get a little fearful and, and they their behavior corrects just a little bit, but they right back into it again. You know, fear doesn't doesn't uh, uh, pre per, uh, um, uh, produce lasting change. At all, right? It, it doesn't. And neither does it. it. And it does not produce relationship either. And no. Or intimacy. No. If you are into... If, I mean, even Come just on. thinking humanity. Not yeah. even thinking about God of the universe who yeah. is able and is with and in everything. But think of like our natural relationships. Like right. if fear is in there, the intimacy is gone. The intimacy sure. is yeah. lacking. There's yeah. something yeah. broken. So to think that you're going to be in an intimate relationship with some... You know, with God of the universe, and and it's going to be intimate and personal. Right. right. If you're fearing in that level, like you're, that. you're not. Yeah, you right. And and then what happens is trust. You don't trust somebody you fear. No. If you're ever in, in an abusive relationship, nope. the abuse is a violation of trust. Right. And and because that abuse has been there, you will always struggle at some level, no matter how many years of sobriety has happened in between the moment of abuse right. and that situation. There's always going to be something in the back of your head that says, "Could this be the moment that they snap once again?" Right. right. And so fear doesn't produce that guilt and shame doesn't produce holiness guilt and shame man this was the this was the the oh the hamster wheel of religion for we youth ministry yeah. for for years Gosh, yeah. going through yeah. youth ministry man it was constantly this 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 guilty shame mentality and it happens in in, in regular churches mm -hmm. too in adult church too but i remember in youth ministry it was always this overemphasis on how how bad I felt for the things I had done. It's yeah. like every week you come and it was like the altar call. And it's like, well, you have any sin in your life and this and that you're breaking the heart of God and God, this and God, that, and you feel yeah. guilty. And so you leave service and you go, I'm going to live better for the Lord. I'm going to live better for the Lord. And I feel so until, guilty until the guilt wears off. Right. And usually the guilt wore off about four days later. And then you, you, afford it, and it just happened to wear off in time for the weekend, right? Right. right. And then you get, you descend, you messed up, and then you started feeling a little bit guilty, but you got to church on Wednesday for youth group, and you felt really bad again. So you were good Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning, but then Saturday night came, and, and you were back into it. And so guilt, shame, and fear don't produce lasting holiness. And I want to say this also is if you have ever been a, brought up that way, or if that was the mindset that you came up under, there takes there's a 
deprogramming that yeah. takes place because ultimately yeah. and i mean i've seen this you've seen this mm -hmm. is your mind goes back to that your mind will go to the path that has been already paved long yeah. ago and so if you were brought up in shame and fear yeah. and yeah. condemnation yeah. and judgment and and how and harshness and not speaking and love then your brain will take you down that path that's yeah. already been paved yeah. paved and you have to reprogram yourself to 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 activate yourself and sit in the space of being loved and understanding that so you can then give that out so it is right. a reprogramming and it takes time and sometimes it takes a long time to be yeah. to allow yourself to be reprogrammed from that mindset and that that reaction that is almost instant right. sometimes. And even that that whole mindset. And I want to come back to this this thing, but I want to say this to, before I forget. Even that whole mindset of of the whole shame and and, and the guilt and the and the the stuff. Um, you know that whole mindset, that whole hamster wheel deal. That's just a form of penance. And what I mean by penance, you know, we got this idea of repentance, repayment is where we get this idea. Well, repentance is the Greek word metanoia. It means to change your mind. But the church has adapted it to mean paying for your sins or to repent. And so we have this idea of penance. And so while we might not say, well, I, I, I struggle with works-based religion, you do if in, in, in committing something or doing something wrong, you you. Um, you you allow shame and guilt to take hold of you and you don't allow yourself to feel good about yourself or feel good about your relationship with God until day two, three, or four. And then when day four rolls around, you kind of start relaxing a little bit, right? And you start allowing yourself to kind of get back to normal. Well, if any time that you do that, if, if that's the cycle that you're on, you're on a works-based cycle. Yeah. And so your sacrifice, hear it out, your sacrifice to, for sin is your guilt. What you're saying is, is I must sacrifice guilt or I must sacrifice shame and I must deal with this for X amount of time. You're just going into the temple again with the lamb and you're yeah. offering these sacrifices each and every week and they don't take away sin. They just remind you of how bad you've been and that's it. Mm. Jesus is the final sacrifice. Jesus yeah. is. So, so are you saying, well, you shouldn't have a, you should just be, you're, you're saying that, that sin's not a big deal. I'm not saying that sin's not a big deal. Sin will destroy your life. If you want to go out and sin, that's stupid. You're going to destroy your life. But I'm telling you right now, sin does not change God's opinion of you. It always changes your opinion of yourself and it always changes your opinion of God if you decide that's where you want to camp at. But if you want to camp on the fact that you've been made holy, that you are pure right now, that you stand before God without a fault, then guess what? It's hard to sin when you feel righteous. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to sin when you feel righteous. And that's like the first, that's kind of like the first thing that gets thrown at you when, when you are sharing about God's love and how that you are loved and yeah. that you are in right standing is that's the first, like, I guess, line that comes out. So what are you saying? That it's okay to live and go about sinning. And it's what you just said, like when you understand who you are and you yeah. understand what you've been given and you are in right standing and you are righteous, right? that's the last thing you're wanting to do. That's not at all the direction you're going. You're being reprogrammed right. to understand who you are, not to go out and figure out how to get into something. Right. That doesn't mean that you're not going to go you, get into something though. It just means that now you know, okay, I'm now in right standing. I don't right. have to pay penance for right. whatever that stupid thing is that you ended up doing. Right. You're just, you just you know, allow the Lord to love on you. <laughs> right, right, right. Romans 6, 14 says, um, you know, sin should no longer be our master for we're no longer under the law, but we're under grace. So listen, grace equals freedom from sin. Yeah. The more I understand the grace of God, the less I desire to go out and sin. Why in the world would I want to, right? Why would I ever want to? So here, so let's go back to this verse and we'll kind of wrap. We'll hit your verses tomorrow. How about that? Can we do that? 
-hmm. the first Corinthians verses. Mm -hmm. All right, so it says, let's, let's keep going to verse 18. It says, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for the fear of punishment. It is because we think God is going to get us. If we're afraid, it's because we think God is going to get us and not that God is madly in love with us. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he first loved us. This is not a command. This is a matter of fact. This is not a, you better love others because God first loved you. No, we love each other because we understand that we have first been loved by God, yeah. right? And it's a journey. I just see that it in, is. through the scriptures. It's, this is a journey that you're taking to understand that. Right. It says, if someone says, well, I love God. In other words, if someone says, I love God, or they say, oh, I really know who God is, but hates his fellow believer, that person is a liar. Hello, every West Barrow Baptist Church person that pickets a funeral or pickets outside. Yeah. It's like, man, that's a, if you say, I love God, but hate your fellow believer, that person's a liar. Yeah. For if we don't love people, we can see how in the world can we, I added that, how in the world, how in the world can we love God whom we cannot see? If we can't love people we see on the daily, but how in the world can we love God whom we cannot see? And it says in verse 21, And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. And yes. again, this whole thing comes back to understanding and recognizing the more we recognize we are loved, the more we are able to love. And that yeah. is that is where that is where this whole thing is at. Yeah. So that is today's Devo, guys. So we're talking about love. Um, tomorrow we'll probably continue to talk about love. Yeah. So yeah. thank you guys so much for tuning in. Let's see where we got. Um, we got any comments or anything? Yeah, on here? I think there's a couple people that mentioned that, that they were kind of like on that hamster wheel or had been on that growing up from some of the comments I was trying yeah, to yeah, capture yeah. Um, that they had yeah. experienced that as well. And right. so it's it's definitely a reprogramming that you have to do to yeah. get yourself off of yeah. there. So, well, look, man, let's go ahead and wrap it today. Yes. And uh, and we'll go there. And yes, I know I've been a little behind. I've been a little behind posting these on the uh, on the podcast and on the website. So forgive me, guys. They'll be up there. Don't forget to share the video with somebody that you know who think might need it, or just share it just because people do need it. Right? Yeah. Sound good? And thank you guys for jumping on this morning as yeah, well. Absolutely, man. You want to go ahead and pray? Yeah. God, right. I thank you for today. Thank you for each person, Lord God, that you are continuing to reveal to us Thanks. and take us on this journey of understanding and discovering your love for us so that we're able to love others, Lord God, well, and we're able to love our fellow believers and anyone else that comes into our life well, Lord God, and reveal who you are through that love. And that in Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, guys, All right, guys we guys. shall see you tomorrow. Bye.